Blog Talk Radio. Warning! You are about to enter Coltside Radio's sleaze pit with the most vile, disgusting, and downright unpolitically correct movies that we can find. So please, you have been warned because you will get offended. And now, tonight on Coltside Sleaze Pit. So shocking, so terrifying, so powerful. Night Warning has been named Best Horror Film of the Year by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. Billy and Julie, young, innocent, in love. It was all a mistake. They didn't go looking for trouble. They were just too curious. Without knowing, they've uncovered a deadly secret. By accident, they've stumbled onto a grisly murder. Now, they know too much to live. A chilling tale of a young boy and girl, innocent victims, now targets of a frenzied obsession with murder. See the award-winning Night Warning. And welcome to the show. And what did you think of that opening, Carl? I thought that opening was outstanding, sir. And did you notice that trailer did not broach any of the two most interesting aspects of the movie that we will get into once we start talking about it? That's true. Yes, welcome to Coldside Sleeve Pit, where... Not only are we going to cover sleazy, we're going to cover topics that, sadly, due to the political, current political and politically correct situation in United States of America, are not considered safe anymore. When we're having a week where Stephen King gets chewed out for saying, and I quote, uh, just because I'm a white male doesn't mean I can't write about other colors and then they said you notice only and then someone smart actually said to him he said you notice that's only white people that say that no good god never mind don't get me started and you read that post by joar lansdale oh yeah on my wall didn't you yes i did you love joe yeah Someone who's been writing since 89, a very positive portrayal of a gay, black Republican is having to stump like that. Jesus. But, yeah, we're going to tackle dangerous stuff, and I'm going to mark this as adult as I can get it because this is not for kids, because we're not going to be talking in kiddie terms, are we, Carl? 
No, we're not. No. Though I may be drooling sometime during this show. You know, I'll I'll become a fanboy. I, you'll understand when we get into the, the, the main attraction here. Oh, don't worry. When it comes to the what's your fanboy out, it's the fanboys of that person. This is their movie. Oh, that's a freaking word. <laughs> but first, we're going to tackle... Well, we'll get into this subject in another one. The first one, we're really going to start getting into homophobia with Sid Davis Productions. Boys Beware. This came out in 1962. And it's very, 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 very homophobic, as you will see. So look this up on YouTube and get ready to... Watch this with us and make sure it's the 1962 version, not the 1974. Yes, Sid Davis oh, was so. Stephen, Stephen, it's 1961 is what they want. The 1961, 1961 version. Not the 1973 version. Yeah, not the 1973. Yes, Sid Davis was so homophobic that he remade the movie in 1973 to keep it current. Yep. God. And here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Yes, in the safety films era, Carl. If you've seen Sid Davis before film, you know you're in for some nasty shit. Oh, Producing operations of Inglewood Police Department and Inglewood yep. Unified yep. School District. That's where uh, Sid Davis had his productions located in Inglewood. I know this because I have the great book, Mental Hygiene Classroom Films, 1945 to 1970, which is a must-read if you're into these kind of films. Absolutely. Okay, the music, the music always throws me. I know, it's so happy, it's so cheerful. Hitchhiking. They always tried to portray that as the road to death, didn't they? Yep. Oh, that music is awful. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Yeah. And honestly, this is one of the accurate parts of the movie, how the predator, and I'm not saying in the version, would pick up the kids and get them to trust, because trust is the key. Oh, absolutely. Right, Carl? Right. And... I wonder if that's a coincidence that that, and look, he's got the John Waters mustache. 
Does that mean yeah, no, I'm saying that looks exactly like John Waters. Yeah. <laughs> John, how dare you? And I love how non-suspicious the kid is that the exact same guy is waiting for him outside of his practice the very next day. Yep. There's no warning flags there. No, not, not at all. All beef tacos, 19 cents. God damn, let's go there, Carl. <laughs> We're watching a movie about <laughs> about this, and you're thinking tacos. I know that kills me when I look at signs back then. Back when I was a kid, I'm like, dang, it costs so much. And I go back and look at it, it's like tacos, 19 cents. Wow. Yeah, first name. Go ahead, Carl. No, I'm just going to say Ralph. Oh, it's like you're on first name basis now. Yep. But the truth of it is, is how many homosexuals did you know that carried around pornographic poker cards in their pocket, Carl? Um, uh, Yeah, not too many. (laughs) I don't know of any. Yeah. And there we go. Ralph suffered from a sickness of the mind. Well, of course, that was 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 the point of view at the time. It wasn't until well into the 80s that 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 was changed by the American Psychiatric Association. But, you know, this, this, this does not make me happy. No. Man, what do you mean it's gone? Nowadays, they, they they still say we can religious the homosexual out of you. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the thing is, this this makes the point that the homosexual is a pedophile and and, and is seeking these type of things uh, actively. Which trust and me, how do you like that shit, Carl? Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy was molested. And because of that, he was put on fucking probation. And they wonder why victims, be it male or female, wouldn't come forward in fucking America when they were attacked. Well, let me put it this way. Uh, I... I was I, I was uh, homosexually molested when I was a kid. Now what happened there was it was uh, it was schoolmates of mine who didn't like me beat me up and, and pissed on me and shit like that. And of course that the, this whole idea of, of if something like that happens to you, you must be gay. You know was was around so. You know, that certainly went through my mind, and it was it was tough. But this type of thing, what they're doing here, is is uh, you, they're making that stigma 
of, of, of being gay, you know, along the same lines of pedophilia, which it's not. I'm sorry, it's not. Yeah, because what do gay men do to pedophiles in prison? Uh, <laughs> yeah. They if you beat really want to talk about that, I, I, I mentioned this uh, on a post. Uh, I met Miguel Pinotto, who wrote the play Short Eyes. You want to yeah. know what they do to pedophiles in prison? Check that out. Yeah. And sadly, we did not get a positive film about male rape until the mid-'80s, and that would be The Rape of Richard Beck with Richard Crenna. Right. And right there is some damn good advice. Yeah, I agree. I have seen some girls and boys' asses saved because of that shit. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, some of what, what is said here isn't isn't off the mark. What's off the mark is is uh, this whole uh, equalizing homosexual and pedophilia. Yeah. Condemning the whole homosexual subculture. Right. Because, I'm sorry, most uh, homosexuals like legal sex. I know it's a shocking idea that might break your head, but yes. And I want to bring up a little bit of another hypocrisy, too. Uh Okay. Roman Polanski, even though I understand why he ran, molested a girl. What does everyone think? Most people think. Well, well, he molested a girl. He, he, he's a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, they're most like, hey, I let him. I'll let him back in the U.S. Hey, you're being too hard on him. The girl forgave him. Well, yeah. Jeffrey Jones didn't molest nobody. He was caught with the underage male porn on his computer. He was ostracized from Hollywood. Yeah. Can't get work or nothing. Polanski and others, hell, are making movies. Is there a slight contradiction there? Yep. You can just tell by watching this that he fucking hates homosexuals. He divides homosexuals into two crimes, passive right. and aggressive. Right. What does that mean? The passive one will just wave to you and the aggressive one will break in your house and have anal sex in your front, front, I guess front so. parlor? Oh, thank God, Dad. 
Blog Talk Radio. And that was the Boys Beware. Jesus Christ, Carl, it took balls to admit what you just admitted. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Uh, it That just really absolutely uh, scares me a lot, how those um, Boys Beware, and both of them, the 73 too, you know, how they just absolutely, you know, put it with, with um, you know, the perversion of, of, of um, you know, little boys and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not the point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's get – we danced around it with talking about it and all that. Let's bring the monster out of the cupboard, and that is homophobia, fear of gays. Oh. The movie that we're going to watch tonight, Warning, and that definitely are dealing with extreme homophobia. Oh, without a doubt. But the difference is, is there's no bullshit. There's no clouding about it in uh, Night Warning. While and boys beware, they're doing this as a gentle, friendly warning. Well, the interesting thing about Night Warning, uh, as we watch it, it really does show how ugly homophobia can be. Yeah. Seriously. 99.99% of people, us who've seen this, well, we'll get into more when we get into the movie here in a second. We've seen it on cable. We didn't see it at the theaters. I don't even know if it was released at theaters in, in such a way. Uh, yeah, I, it is because there, there is theatrical posters, and I and I seen the other night, Carl. There is a movie tie-in adaptation book. It was going for forty bucks. Wow, was it under this title or Butcher Butcher, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker? Night Warning. Okay, it was under Night Warning. Okay. Yeah, but it had the gay poster, as I call it. Right. And that poster is if you look if you're if you're watching this through uh Bog Talk, you'll see one of the posters that shows a shirtless Jimmy McNichol supposedly being hugged by his girl, but for some reason the female character in this movie is drawn on the poster in a way where her sexuality is beyond ambiguous. <laughs> yep. And but yeah, this one came out in '81, and I looked up the DVD called the Blu-ray for this, which Scorpion put out, is going for sixty, seventy dollars, and the two-disc DVD yeah. version of this is going for eighty to ninety dollars. Yikes! So don't feel bad about watching this on Tubi or YouTube or however you've seen it, because this is one of those. That is one of the better slasher genres because it takes the slasher setup. The the psychotic killer comes after the victim and does something with it besides the psychotic. Da, da, da. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Without I would a put doubt. The, this has an agenda. <laughs> yeah. There's two 
slasher films that you can put out there. There's Halloween, which is just a straight slasher, proto-slash, Teenagers in Peril movie. And the second, which would be, Carl, see if you can guess where I'm going to go. Well, you, uh, you're gonna go. You're gonna go Black Christmas. No, Peeping Tom. Oh, Peeping Tom. Okay. Where it has the slasher film setup, but it has a very definitive, written in stone agenda. Mm-hmm. And it's the ones with the agenda that are more fun to seriously watch rather than my beloved cheeseburger franchise, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I agree. 100%. These are more like the state burgers. Yeah, yeah. This one is a full meal. Yeah. This is, you know, this one is home fries and, and a vegetable and, and uh, you know, you know, or or you know, however you want to do it. You want to go southern? It's fried okra, and 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 chicken fried steak, you know, and potatoes. There you go. It's a yeah. meal. Oh, we just got this because of pending lawsuits by whiny bitches. The name of Sleece <laughs> Pit has not changed. So next week in the second episode, we're going to be starting, and if you notice, the format has fit this more, the KSDAD late night movie, where if you watched it back in the day, the late night movie, this is going to be more of the late night movie in the tradition of Chili Billy, mm-hmm. or they would just give him the reins and he would show whatever the hell he wanted to and damned be the ratings, damn being, you know. You know, or Night Flight, too, was like that, or Up All Night, too. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the local late-night movies where the station didn't give a shit, the censors weren't there, so that they were able to get away with more and showing weirder movies. Like, my Channel 6 Theater, I've seen weird shit like uh, uh, Let's Scare Jessica to Death, uh, Who's Afraid of Auntie Rue, uh, The Wild Bunch. Mm-hmm. Red Sun, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You never know what you got, but you seldom were disappointed. Right. And we certainly have a bunch ready for you. Oh, yes, we do. And our beloved CBS late night movie. Bum, 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 bum. Yep. And that's where a lot of us first seen... Shockwaves, which we'll watch on this because it definitely is a late night movie classic. Oh, absolutely. So we are at the R rating card, and we're getting ready to watch this in five, four, three, two, one. Before the show started, folks, we were debating, me and Carl, did this movie ever go out as an R? Because if you notice, there wasn't even, there's not even a studio card here on this movie. It's just the rating and then, okay, let's get this shit on the road. 
Yep. Was, and it was like that on HBO, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's such a good film. And, and, of course, the other thing I have to say is that is my beloved Susan Tyrell. And God knows I may be uh, uh, drooling uh, quite a bit. I'm just saying. And that's another great thing about these slasher or horror films with agenda. They made damn sure to get actors with a capital A-C-T-O-R-S. Mm-hmm. Like Susan Tyrell, Jimmy McNichol, Bo Svensson, people that you would know from back then, but never really got that chance to go over the top. And I right. never did. I looked, tried looking for a car. I never did find out who's the stuntman are that does this amazing fucking stunt right here. And this movie just starts out kicking you in the face and the nuts and just doesn't let up. Just goddamn, right, Carl? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, first you got the, the stuntman in the car doing all of this. Okay, this is nothing compared to what happens at the end. Yeah. And you know what? This might be as good a crash as, as the Seven Ups. Oh, yeah. I mean... And just that dummy shot right there just makes you go, ow. <laughs> and you don't need blood. You just have to see that head go back like there. And unlike most movies, it ain't over. Nope. And just, just Damn. You could tell that was a dummy car with no one in it just because of the way it went over there. Yeah, but nonetheless, I, god damn. <laughs> yeah. I could just see them like, okay, take the brakes off the sun, bitch, and we'll push it over the edge. Oh, we got to make it go boom, too. Why? <laughs> it just did. <laughs> because cars and movies go boom. That's their job. Absolutely. Top Secret had the best car explosion gag ever. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, no, really, where it had it barely touched the cars and just boom. <laughs> right. And here we are, 16 years later. There's Susan Tyrell, Jimmy McNichol right there in the family pictures. You know... It, well, we'll see Susan come in here in a moment, but but I will tell you this. This is a woman that I have loved ever since I first saw her, um, and just a great actress. Just don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, she didn't care. She, 
Yeah, you know, I've seen so many movies where they would just make sure that if they got up like that, they would look beautiful, full makeup, not even fucked up. Yeah. Not her. No, she gets up all fucked up, sleepy. It is by Ted Nicolau <laughs> of subspecies uh, fame. Uh, not only subspecies, uh, let's not forget uh, uh, TerraVision and, of course, Roar. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell that story quick? Yeah, he was one of the editors on, good God, that's not right. <laughs> Alan J. Gluckman and Boone Collins. Yep. This is just, this right here just makes me want to take a bath, take a shower, just, just so dirty, you know. Yeah, this this movie is a bit dirty, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, this movie's not afraid to wallow in the muck. And neither is Susan. <laughs> and no. for those who don't know who she is, probably the best known role she had would be Queen Doris, the queen of the ninth dimension of Forbidden Zone. Don't you love fresh cooked jars in the morning? Absolutely. And William Asher. I should know him from some other films. What other films did he do? I'm looking. Give me a second. Wikipedia. I'm getting it too. Did a lot of bewitched. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rocket, Racket Squad, I Love Lucy, The Dinosaur Show, Our Miss Brooks, Make Room for Daddy, uh, The Sin so Man, The Donna Reed Show, Phil McGee and Molly, The Twilight Zone. Pauline Show, Alice, Tabitha, The Dukes of Hazard, The Bad News Bears, Crazy Like a Fox. Okay, wait a second. Bleak, bleak, beach, blanket, bingo. That's it. And How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. He did, he did yeah. those. Did Beach Party. He did all the beach movies. That's what he did. I was trying to place it. And Johnny Cool, The 27th Day, and Night Warning were his only movies as directors. Well, no, no, no. I, I just I just said uh, he did all the beach movies in, in the 60s. He did all the beach movies. So he did... Uh, um, hold on, I'm getting there again because I just missed it. Beach Party... Muscle Beach Party, Bikini Beach, yeah. Bleak Beach Blanket Bingo, Bikini Out of Stuff Beach, a Wild Bikini. That's all bingo. Yeah. 
And here's a rarity which makes me wonder why this movie has not been embraced by the gay community. How many times have you heard the gay community bitch, we want gay people in movies that aren't stereotypically gay? And there you go. Yeah. And who is this knucklehead, Carl? Oh, uh, game's over, man. Game's over. (laughs) Yeah, it just seemed like in the early 80s, if you wanted a typical Texas redneck, homophobic, xenophobic piece of shit, you went to Bill Paxton. (laughs) And we're okay with that. We miss him. We do miss Bill Paxton. A lot. This is a period when he did, like, uh, Weird Science, this, uh, Funeral Home, where he played the killer. It is really weird, really, looking how big his career is. Oh, man, yeah. And, you know, we were talking about the actors. Even the actors you don't know in this, like this woman here who who uh, uh, comes in later as a major character, uh, they're really good. There's nobody here I mean, that drops the ball. After seeing that he did I Love Lucy and Bewitched and stuff, it's not surprising he would have the whiny, nosy, bitchy neighbor character in his movies. Mm-hmm. You can just see, after seeing what he's done, you can just see him dealing from his uh, house of cards, as they call it. Oh, yeah. He's dealing from his deck of cards he knows, man. There's nothing wrong with that. And they fit. Yeah. And already... And he knows how to film a creepy scene because this is just creepy right here, and it's just him walking through the damn hall. Yeah. And that's Julia Duffy who ended up working as uh, the blonde yuppie bitch next to Peter Scolari's character in Newhart. Oh, is that who that is? Okay. Yeah. I was trying to place her. And if anybody plays a stereotypical gay culture role in this movie, she does. Do we want to really bring mm-hmm. out right now at this part of the movie what role she plays? Well, she plays the girlfriend. Or if you want to do it from that perspective, it would be the fag hag. No, not a fag hag, more the beard. Oh, yeah, okay. Beard more than a fag hag. But yeah, you okay. can tell that she probably grew up to be a fag hag in the clubs. <laughs> and we're not doing that. People that were that use it as an affection. It's an affectionate turn, no matter how mean it sounds, isn't it, Carl? Well, you know, I mean, it can be derogative to a certain degree, but one of the things we need to point out is what happens here. And the whole gay aspect of this film is very interesting. Uh, and you'll see it more when uh, uh, Bo Swenson comes in. 
But but I I mentioned it at the beginning how you know homophobia can be very very destructive, and you'll see that, and you'll also you'll also see Susan Tyrell go off the fucking rails, and it's beautiful. But we'll leave that for later. And yeah, and that brings up another one. I've heard of a lot of gay men who's talked about dealing with overly clingy emotional mother issues. You know. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh shit. You're jealous yeah. of him now. You're jealous of him now. Look at that pout. Look at that pout on her. Yeah. Pout then, my ass. Hell, you be saying, you're just sitting there going, God, I wish you would have slapped me like that just once. <laughs> Again, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, bitch, please. <laughs> Get your corset on for Forbidden Zone. <laughs> Sorry, I will be drooling. I, I I have very oh, don't worry. She, interesting. She's that damn good in this. Oh Jesus! Good I Lord. checked in that uh, award thing that they tell about so much. It didn't win best picture at the okay. science fiction and horror film awards. Okay. It won best actress. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> and I and love. That is not- we're as over the top as Susan Tyrell gets, and as over the top as Bo Svensson is. This movie is excruciatingly subtle. There's no dun 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 music in this movie. No. It just builds. Is it me, or is she more pronounced? Up on top in that for a reason. Yeah, I think so. Actually, you know, there's there's this whole subtext of there's no question she wants to fuck him. Oh, there, yeah, the incestual subtext, which really comes out what's going on at the end of the movie. But yeah, there's a strong incestual. And yeah, okay, type of- if you thought we gotten dark before. That's another thing that's really, really, really rarely talked about. And this goes more to the lesbian community, because I've heard more stories about this from the lesbian side of the gay aisles and the males, that any trust in men was caused because they were abused or molested by someone they trusted and loved when they were young. Yeah. There's a lot of that that happens. So, I think one, I'm not saying there's like three, three writers of this movie and story idea. I think somebody's got some shit in their past they're dealing with in this movie. Oh, I I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. Look how isolated they are. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, they it's like they don't have any friends but each other. Right. And is that is that a stool or a big pile of dog shit that's in a creative way? I think that's a stool. Well, either one would be a stool, but let's not get into that. Yeah. Look at her pretty herself up for her date yeah. with her man. And this is where it starts getting interesting. How wild is it that a scene that you would normally be going, you're sitting there going, <laughs> exactly. And that's the whole point. This, this keeps you off balance. Uh, very, very much so. And what happens next, you'll see. Mm-hmm. Isn't me or the butch gay characters in this movie very, 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 very alpha male butch? I don't know. I mean, Jimmy uh, Nichols certain, certainly, certainly, you know, and he beats the shit out of Bill Paxton, and that guy, right. you stupid bitch, what pow? Yeah. And I love how she's staining him. Oh, and speaking yeah. of uh, incestuous terms, do you remember what on IMDb and all the writing said? What age old play was? Uh, this movie taking from? Well, I didn't. I didn't see that, but but uh, there's no question Oedipus is is involved in this. Yeah, this it was inspired by Oedipus. Yep. And Oedipus, and Oedipus is the man who wanted to keep it in the family. Yep. If you don't know who Oedipus this is, is, learn to fucking read. Yeah. But this is also, let's, let's not forget that this is uh, the distaff version of that. Yeah, a genre it's not, reversal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, no, no, no. You fucking idiot. Gender, not genre. I'm going to watch too many goddamn movies. <laughs> Very true. And how do you love how we... Susan Tyrell's face looks? Look at oh that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you see where she put the blood in on, on, on that neighbor oh, character? Oh, yeah. You know, well, I, well, that's important, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's how she kills her uh, at the end of the movie, where she hits her with the... Uh, Right, exactly. But you're you're giving shit away. You shouldn't be doing that. Well, oh, sorry. Well, if you're watching this first, well, watch the movie first, and what's your fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> and here comes my favorite character in the movie, just because this little 12, 14-year-old me watching this, this character kicked me in the ass. Yeah. 
I was expecting a son of a bitch, but not a goddamn motherfucking son of a bitch. Well, as you go through this, what I said about homophobia, you'll start to see all this within this character, of course, of, of Bo Svensson. Um, and I do believe that if the writers were not gay, they certainly wanted to make a point oh, God, of this. Man. There's no doubt about it. Uh and they have an agenda here. There's no question to show how ugly this can be. And for that, I truly do applaud this film. Seriously. But all the innuendo here and, and that sort of thing and what he's going yeah, it's it's this is ugly. And there's something I just noticed. Most people what? would think he's doing a southern accent. No, I'm doing a southern accent. Okay. Now I'm doing a southern gay accent. <laughs> okay. Did you notice he slips into that during certain scenes? I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, there's a, there's certain scenes in here where you figure is he homophobic because he's cruising. Mhm. And I'm not saying it to make fun of it. I'm just saying that that layer is there. Wouldn't you say, Carl? I'd say I say you have a point there. Just right there. I, say you I mean, just have look a at point. that. Turn around. Just turn around. Mhm. I was expecting to say, now bend over. <laughs> Yikes. And I love how in this whole scene that he doesn't use a certain word until maybe at the end of it. Right. You notice that he doesn't use the word gay until the end of it, the scene. Right. And after that, you're like, oh, yeah. That's why he's so confused. Oh, see, there we go. Ow. Do you like girls? <laughs> yep. Good Lord. I love it. Are you talking to me, lady? Yeah, don't. Uh, 
this guy would be one of the smartest detectives ever if he wasn't a homophobic, racist, xenophobic piece of shit. But that's the point. He is. And, and, and yeah. it, it, it absolutely, you can see that it blinds him as as things go as as it moves on. Things move on. Yeah, because he's got ninety nine percent of this down pat. <laughs> there is some humor in this movie. There is. It's just how Keep fucking mean he is. Janet, we need to oh, get the fuck yeah. out of here. Well, you can just get the fuck out of here then. And in that, in that time, only a gay guy would ride a Kawasaki. Real men rode Harleys. Uh, you're being you're 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 being stereotypical. Being Give me a break. I'm being facetious. Hey, there's Vicky today after a divorce. Oh God! Make sure she never listens to this. God damn! (laughs) (laughs) Vicky, I didn't say that. Okay. (laughs) She'd say, "No, I burn Carl." (laughs) God. Good Lord. Wait, why is she burning all that stuff? You don't know yet. Yeah, I'm just saying that, just like, he knew how to frame and light great. Yeah. I honestly think if this was a more normal flasher, this would have been a big, 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 big hit. But it's Thank not. Thank God it is. It isn't. Uh, and, and, and that's what makes it special. I don't care if a movie like this makes money or, or it's a big film. Generally, that would turn me off of it. What What's interesting about this is all this subtext, and it's not even subtext, but yeah. but all this stuff that goes on. And, 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 and you can tell, oh, ow, 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 ouch. Great. Again, you talk about the stunts. That's a hell of a stunt. Yeah. That was a, a more dangerous a... stunt than the car crash, probably. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Remember, I told you, 
a story like the Halloween 2 story. Yep, I know. Because remember, back then, we didn't know what the word concussion was. Right, exactly. Here's where both Vincent and my eyes becomes the true bad guy in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, this type of pressure was very, was very common, and, and, and despicable. Saying much. That's because the damn acting's good. Yeah, that basketball. Going- he just like. Oh. Oh. Asshole. I mean, I just love it. He's just being so nice, and then you just look down at the ball and just, you know, you can yep. see every bit of anger coming out in his hands. Mhm. And he's a good actor too. I don't know him from anything else, but he does a good job here. A very good job playing the role he plays without subtle going for the you know, not over the top by any means. And notice that. The gay uh, characters in this are not stereotyped at all. Yet the the uh, the Bo Svensson, who is, you know, the prejudiced gay gay hater, uh, is certainly, you know, put up as a stereotype. And there's a reason for that, of course. Yeah, like I said, he's the true villain in this movie. Oh, without a doubt. You're afraid of Susan Tyrell in this movie, but... She's legit broken. Yep. And how really ballsy of it the movie is it of the movie to show her as broken. 
and then she does the fucked up shit she does at the end of the movie, and all the fucked up shit comes out at the end of the movie. Right. Even in Psycho, they worked backwards. Mm-hmm. That's true. You see Norman killed the crap out of Marion Crane, and then they did their best to make him sympathetic. On this one, they're trying to 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 make it understood why she's this way, because a lot of the stuff that's revealed isn't revealed until the end. Yeah, and you notice there's no Dos Ex Machina in this movie. I love no. this, and here's why Carol loves Susan Tyrell. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Instead of a crowbar, give her a whip and, and, and get me tied up, and I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, as we see later in the movie, which we will, you don't she don't need that much damn much. <laughs> and here's why I say he's the butch, cause <laughs> yeah. Yeah! I love it. He's talking about... I mean, it's like, I'll kick your ass, buddy. I'll kick your ass. And and it's more like, you want him to pull his shoe out of it first? (laughs) (laughs) You can't say you're going to kick somebody's ass while they're whooping your ass. Yep. And here comes the most jaw-dropping speech he had in the movie. Not the most jaw-dropping yep. scene, but the most jaw-dropping speech. Because even back then, saying this language the way he says it was, God damn. Yep. <laughs> God bless it, man. It makes me uncomfortable. I I was uh, subjected to a lot of abuse like that. People calling faggot and and that. Oh Jesus Lord, this makes me Real uncomfortable. Violence. Yeah. Don't think that words don't hurt because they do. Oh God, yeah. Isn't that the way it happened, ma'am? Don't be pigs! You think you got it all fixed? 
it'd be worth it. I I I'd be okay with that. Oh, fuck you. You motherfucking. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something. When Stephen doesn't like post fencing, <laughs> something is wrong. And it's generally, he's playing a complete fucking asshole. Oh, God, yeah. Like I said, and this ain't the worst. The worst. Just bland, made my just made me blanch. Just whoa, whoa. look how childlike she is in this scene. Yeah. She just the way she's holding the it. knife and the fork. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'll bring up what just cricked in my head later in the film when it's pertinent. Okay. And again, as I look at this this film, the portrayal of, the, yeah. of, of this particular character, of course, it, 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 just you didn't see that in this area, in this age. You didn't see a really, you know, kind gay character that wasn't looked down upon, except by the person. Who's the villain, of course. Okay, the year this came out, 1982. What two movies came out the year before this? Well, one was Cruising. Right, right which, had high, which had Al Pacino basically as a self-hating gay. Right. And the other one, I'm sorry to bring this up, Carl. Go ahead. Partners. Uh, uh, well, you shouldn't bring it up because it's such a shitty film, but nonetheless. If you want to look at pure, unadulterated homophobia that's just as bad as this movie, watch Partners. You're, let's just say that it has Ryan O'Neill as an, a prick. And who's the other guy, great actor in it? Uh, John Hurt. 
John Hurt playing supposed to be a comic relief mincy gay guy. Within 20 minutes of the movie, you feel so horribly sorry for this poor guy who's being tortured by this homophobic prick. And there's no way they intended that. Yeah, it's bad, to say the least. It's bad. Deviance. That was yeah. a big favorite word back then, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Deviance. Anyone who deviates from the norm. But who gets to say what's normal or not? Well, unfortunately, it's the people that, that that are in the majority, and that's always the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I I didn't fit in. I was in a very backward area, and I didn't fit in, and I got shit for it, and there was nothing I could do about it because, God damn it, I'm just who I am. And he, every time he's on screen, and each time, successive time, he has a scene, I hate him more and more. <laughs> yeah. And he comes off as like, like he's trying to be affable and nice about it, right? But yeah. he's such an asshole. He's your typical backwoods southern piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. God. That's right. Oh. <laughs> uh. And this thing, why would he be kind of weird about having sex with his girlfriend? Oh, by the way, we're coming up on one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. I'll oh, tell you like when. I said, remember, like I said, sometimes you need a fucking giant crowbar. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
And sometimes she don't fucking need that. This has got to be the best Susan Tyrell moment in the whole fucking movie upcoming. And there's but lots it makes of me wonder. I wonder if Susan, of uh, Bobby's daddy, the girl guy that Susan Tyrell was making it with, she was his beard. And she didn't Maybe. realize it after she got pregnant with him, after the one time that they had sex. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, after he had sex with her, he didn't seem that enthusiastic about the whole deal. No. And he's wearing blue undies back in the 80s. That's weird. That's perverted. <laughs> we all wore being... tidy whities and we're proud of it, God damn it. <laughs> I wear colored underwear. Not said. Fuck you. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Is that a beer or is that a soda? That's a beer. That's a Coke, motherfucker. Coca-Cola. Oh, that's a Coke. Okay. Yeah, look at the bottle shape. Like a woman's curve. (laughs) Oh, good God. That's really no joke. That's how they designed the bottle, like the curve of a woman. You know. Big and robust up top with the curve around the hips. And here we go. You know, in seventies movies, they always use that birth control in the studio films. Yeah. Having the sheets between the naughty bits while they were doing the nasty. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what it is. Here we go. We're just waiting for this with Glee. I'm sorry. It's called my Rail Shark. Yeah. Boom! Get that fucking one out of here. I love her. Uh, under 20 seconds. Yeah. And she didn't really go overboard there. Notice that. It was all in the inflection. I know. Well, Susan Tyrell, if you really looked at she never would go over the top like some would. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Diane Keaton at the end of fucking looking for Mr. Goodbar. Right. 
Trust me, it's not that Susan Tyrell didn't go overboard in her, her career or in this movie, but she earns it. He's got right. Woody. He's got a Woody. <laughs> but yeah, she ne- But why? Uh, there's a, what I consider over the top. I'm talking Joe Dawarski. Yeah. You know. She knew how to do it, but kept it reined in, you know, just enough. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I talk about her a lot. And people have heard me on, on, on our, our podcast. But I don't care what role she was in. She always brought a grab, gravitas to it. Even if it's the smallest role, like there's a one of the Glickenhouse films where she's the mayor. She only has two scenes. And they're short scenes, and goddamn, you know it's Susan Tyrell. And here comes a scene that I know pisses Carl off. What? Oh, God, yeah. What he says. The more and more I watch this, I've seen this now twice in the last, you know, couple of weeks to prepare for this. He gets me more now and more pissed off. Let's be honest. Back then, before it became more allowed for single mothers and stuff to raise kids, that was mm-hmm. pretty much accepted as a fucking fact. No. That. If a kid was raised without male influences, they'd turn out to be a fag or a Nancy boy. Yeah. <coughs> you know, and the, the one guy, the one detective who's got it right, you know, he's looked down upon by Spencer. You know, the whole thing is about well, he considers blind deviance. Right. But that's the whole thing about the, the Swenson character, the detective. He's blind to it. He's got blinders on. He only sees that and it gets him more and more angry. And this because, is when course, shit starts to, to get really weird. Hold on, Stephen. Hold on. Hold on. If you want to go into the psychological part of it, you know, is he a repressed gay? We don't know that. But certainly there's that possibility. He's, he doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah, because most of the most, ex, in my entire 49 years, if you look at the most extreme homophobic motherfuckers out there, 99.9% they're repressed homosexuals. Like that uh, senator that wanted to try to get that law passed that would ban gay marriage. Right, and then he was caught on on Tinder, yeah. Yeah, There's been a number of those, actually. Yeah. And once the drugging starts, this movie's like, okay, fuck being normal. We're going to get fucking weird. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
And I do love that, that it's, I love my weird movies, but I love it when they're able to build to it rather than just come out and go, blah, 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 and then just expect you to run with it for the start. Earn it. Mm-hmm. For as fucked up as Mandy is, it don't get weird until maybe the last 30 or 40 minutes of the movie. Well, you know what? I just saw Color Out of Space, too, and, and, and that progresses nicely also. Yeah. It don't go over the top weird until the last 20 or so minutes. Same with Dust Devil. Same with Hardware. hmm You have to build to the weird shit. You can't just come out and do it from the start because you'll burn people out on it. Yep. Videodrome. Um. Yep. Though that that gets weird way earlier. Yeah, but look how short it is. Yeah, that's true. It's eighty-eight minutes. It takes like twenty or so minutes. For it. Yeah. You're right. It's about and it 20 minutes. And then it gets all weird. weird. It does a little bit weird. It keeps getting more and more, you know. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I agree. To be a great weird movie, you have to be like a boulder going down the hill. It keeps getting like, starts as a pebble and keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, an avalanche. The only thing that that I I find lacking in logic here is is he's been drugged, and you'll see what happens. And they don't check him. See what in happens. In 1981, he really didn't. You know. Mm-hmm. That's a sign of the times. Back then, it'd be like. Oh, he passed on court. Oh, I'll take him home. I'm his mom. Okay, fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But but even back then, you know, you had you had nurses and doctors on high school. That's surprising. I think it's the only only last logic here. Yeah, that's about the only little bit of suspension of disbelief in the movie that they don't try to put logic on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, how do you love that subtle little moment? Bitch, woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good old, good old Susan Tyrell. So just so people know, if you check her IMDb, um, she was up for an Academy Award for Fat City, uh, which was one of her first films. And uh, that was directed by John Huston. Um, 
But many of you would know her, even though she is not credited for the film, as the narrator to Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. And? And, go ahead. Document of the Dead. Right. Which I have not seen, by the way. But that voice is one of the reasons I fell in love with her. I love that voice. Oh. It's like she had too much whiskey and too many cigarettes. And trust yeah. me, from what I understand from her life, she did. <laughs> Honestly, I thought you had the ultimate uh, Dawn of the Dead box set, man. Um, no, I have the one that's only three, not four. Okay. Okay, I have uh, the four-disc set. Uh, the no, I only have the three-disc set. Plus, disc I had Documents of the Dead on VHS. Now, I've seen clips from it, and I know she's on it as narrator, but yeah, it just, that's all I know. It just makes it an odd documentary. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're having this serious technical documentary about the baking of the movie and the financial parts of it, and Susan Tyrell's voice. I love how she just don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> Instead of just she putting, never did. Well, right there she's putting the drops in, but there's a scene late in the movie, a little bit later, where she just dumps that bottle in the fucking milk carton. <laughs> But, you know, this this the whole thing. She, if you take a look at her uh, uh, film work, she really didn't care what people thought of her choices. But you can see that each choice that she makes, whatever little role or whatever, she does it all out. You know, there's one thing. I don't think I've ever seen her in any role where she didn't do a good job. Period. Yeah. That no one is stupid in this movie. Nope. Bo Fenton's character is a blind homophobic piece of shit, but he's not. Oh, look, stupid. But he's blinded. He just. Yeah, he's got the pieces to the puzzle, but he only sees it in the way that he wants it to fit, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that gets his general... Even Jimmy Nichols' character knows that... Don't give me no shit. That something's up, just can't figure out what. Right. And I love that he learns it as we learn it, rather than, you know, there's no Das Ex Machina character. Oh. Uh-oh. Again, take a look at how she plays this. 
There's like a little kid terrifying. in there, too. Yeah. And it brings up Jimmy McNichols' game, too. Yeah. Oh, well, he said that later. Oh, Didn't you tell me? fuck. Here we go. Oh. This may be the most you shocking thing in a way. This Mexican. is the most shocking scene to the movie. Just. <laughs> if you thought there was anything redeemable about this motherfucker. <laughs> Let's have him put a Mexican on the floor and then point a fucking forty-four Magnum to his fucking head. <laughs> oh, fuck! You know, that's the, you know, that's something else, too, that we really haven't mentioned. How this subverts the whole trope of, of the, either like the Sam Loomis character, the psychiatrist, or the detective in certain these films that are trying to figure out what's going on, that they're good characters. Right? Yeah. They're the good guys. Not oh, here. Oh, here we go. Here we go into full don't give a fuck territory. <laughs> now, watch the you hair goes. <laughs> the bra goes, boobies. She can. She goes out and plows the fucking floor with the boobies. That's not some non-significant sag, there, son. <laughs> no, there isn't. She's just lost it. She. one. Now tell tell them the story about um, Cisco and Ebert. Oh yeah, they reviewed this movie as on one of their hidden gems, and they were like, and I think it was, yeah. Ebert looked at Cisco and was like, "Why do you like this piece of crap so much?" And he said, "No, the other way around. Cisco didn't like it and talked to Ebert." Yeah, about Cisco it. didn't. Like it and said to him, "Why do you like it so much?" And he would just said, "Susan Tyrell." <laughs> well, why but, should we watch it, Susan Tyrell? Tyrell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just really the death that she goes to in this role, you know, to make her pitiful, not to make her glam. There's no glamour to it. And right there, we just see her boyfriend's body. And you see, you know, she brings so much to this, so many levels and in, in, in that. You know, it's a complex character. How many serial killers do you see, with maybe the exception of Norman Bates and, and uh, Peeping Tom, Carl Boyne, you know, where there's any gradation? You know, look at Jason. And for the record, yes, look we at have Michael. Seen look at all those, uh, even Freddie. Yeah. But in Peeping Tom, they don't give the character a name. Right. I think even in the credit, he's just called Tom. Or right. Peeping Tom, you know. Ha <laughs> ha! 
Okay, well, now uh, we might as well warn everyone, or at least let them know, uh, we're in batshit crazy mode now. That's wonderful. Yeah, we're on full full tilt batshit crazy mode. From here on, it's full steam ahead. (laughs) On both characters, because we've already seen both Vincent with a fucking forty-four Magnum on a Mexican's face. And, well, just look at it right here. Susan Tyrell with a big, big-ass meat tenderizer. That may be the biggest damn meat tenderizer I've seen in my life. And I've been in industrial <laughs> kitchens and industrial cooking equipment back Beautiful. I don't know. I've seen this entire world with a big hammer like that. I would run. <laughs> you know what? So would I. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the window! Crash! By the way, if we haven't convinced you to go to IMDb, look up all of Susan Tyrell's uh, uh, credits and watch every goddamn thing she's ever done. Uh, I'm telling you to do that now. <laughs> well, if you're watching this and you're not a Susan Tyrell fan to begin with, welcome to the club. <laughs> and if you are and this is your first or second time seeing this, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Besides that, you don't have a hundred dollars to throw around. Yeah. Oh, right here it is, where she just just don't give a fuck. Right, and you notice there was no creepy fucking music until now in the movie. Right. If you watch this about knowing what the hell this movie is about until this point in the movie, you wouldn't even think it's a goddamn horror film. Well, you know it's psychological, though. You know there's stuff going on. Yeah, you would think it's it's a thriller, but you wouldn't know it's a horror film. Yeah. You know. And here's the nosy neighbor again. Yeah. And you would think, oh, nothing would happen, you know. I mean, I love the dynamic. They're like in three different movies. Her and him and him, 
those two are lying to each other and trying to figure out which one's lying more. And then we got the neighbor who's in her own wacky, you know, sitcom yep. world. I wish I had a bottle of that shit. No thanks. Hey, it might help with my financial problems. See, you know, somebody's drink when they're walking out, plop, ooh, 10, 20, 30, 40, hey. <laughs> We're not advocating begging people for money, but, hey, Trump has made the world a broke place. <laughs> Uh, we're not. Let's not bring up politics. Let's just watch the movie. I'm bringing up money. I just wish we had more money. <laughs> true. I, I I would like that myself. I would agree with that. And we're just killing that four seconds of filler until the till we get to the next level. Like even her, yeah, we're, the we're wacky not neighbor at the top isn't. Yet, people. Yeah. Even we're not the even wacky close neighbor. To the top. Yeah. Even the wacky neighbor isn't stupid. That's yeah. one thing that infuriates me about the lower rung slashers. Like, they would hear the sound outside. Woo-boom! Who's there? At least in uh, I Spin on Your Grave, she hears the noise out in the wood. Woo-boom! She pulls out the gun. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, logic. In the country, we're trained, if you hear something in the woods and it scares the shit out of you and you don't know where everything is and you know where every one of the people you don't want to shoot is, you shoot. Yeah. I love it. She just changed her voice from, oh, ba 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 to, got him speak. <laughs> I wonder if they, the producers fought with her. You shouldn't look so ugly. Have one booby go down halfway to the floor and the other one halfway up. You're <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, no, she probably thought that one up. That's how good she is. Huh? Yeah. You think I'm kidding? I know you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a look. What a goddamn look. Beautiful. Who the fuck are you? And you notice she doesn't go cursing, too, like most people would do when they're trying to play crazy. She does it all with her face, really. Oh, yeah. And the way she shuffles. There's no... Get the fuck out. 
<laughs> God, I love her. How many times have I said that? I should stop saying that. I'm sorry. What? I love her. <laughs> yeah. In most movies, the, the cop would go out on his fucking own. Right. And most people would see the camera and not even think about it, you know. Right. That was one of the more bizarre fads of the early 80s. Getting those sticker guns and putting your name all over your shit. Yep. The car got I busted that. that way once. He got a sticker gun and put his name on his bong, and then when his parents found it, he had no way of saying it, it wasn't him. <laughs> no, I never had a problem. Carl, I did, however, have a hash pipe. I had a hash pipe. <laughs> yeah. Carl, is this yours? No. Then why is your fucking name on it? Oh, God. That's how Carl got me to drink whiskey once. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, this is definitely creepy shit. Run! No, that was creepy shit. Licking that off his body. Just, just. Yeah. (laughs) And why is there cat noise in the background on the music? I don't know. That's... Yeah. This... Oh. What's the matter, honey? You feel like you've been hit... What's the matter, girl? Ain't you ever had a little head before? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> the way he likes this movie, damn. Yeah. I mean, you could tell that he had a big history filming TV, but still. 
going back Good to the Beach Party movie, the ones that he did were the ones that were just the batshit weirdest of the bunch, weren't they? What, the Beach movies? Yeah, the ones that he did. Uh, not so much. Not until you get the Yeah, the they bingo. were the ones that were more like Mad Magazine and less plotted than the later ones, which he didn't do. Right. The ones that have gags that just come out of nowhere. Well, well, let's put it, except for the first one, they all have Harvey Lembeck. So there you go. Yeah. Well, the first one, you don't the know one who Har- drink Harvey here. Lembeck is, that's Eric Von Zipper. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Go ahead. And Don Rickles. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And you were wondering why I said, how the fuck did this movie get an R rating? She just gutted her. Yep. And what happens to her, too? God damn. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at this. I know it's 82, but damn. Yeah. That's brutal. It's realistic, Look at a certain film that came out in 1982. Well, early 83. It's supposed to come out in 82. They got in trouble mm-hmm. for fantasy violence. Yeah. And then here goes all our hopes straight to hell. You were saying? Oh. <laughs> How can you not love that 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 look? Yeah. Come here, kitty cat. Come here, kitty cat. (laughs) When in Rome, grab a hatchet. Yes. Right here in these movies, you would really expect her to be the final girl fighting against that. Okay, well, don't don't give it away. Don't give it away. Oh, I'm not. This is what the movie's showing. Yeah, he, me and you be in the woods, and she'd come like that, and like, oh, God, Steven, Susan Tyrell, I'm staying here. Me, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, really. But that's just the Mexican in me. <laughs> At this point, I'd be running the fuck away, too. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you hung on 42nd Street. That's one of the first rules they teach you. Even the tough guys knew when to do this. 
Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't the guys in the guns you were afraid of, it was the cops. Mm-hmm. Oops, I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> and she body slams her off the top of her boat. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah, she is not. She's not fucking around, man. And notice, she's not doing. This is not uh, 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 a stunt woman here. I think she was a stunt woman. I, th- I know she had her... No, her, uh, no, no, she wasn't. But she did much of her own own, own stuff over the years. Yeah, she had a, she had a, she had a stuntman card. Ooh! Damn! Crack, crack, crack. Ow! My head hurts just looking at it. Yeah, seriously. He's had in drugs. How the hell is he so lucid? Yeah, tell me about it. Is that a shut the fuck up moment? Yeah. <laughs> as good as this movie is, I'll give it a shut the fuck up moment. I love that. horrifying on so many fucking levels, isn't it? No, tell me about it. I'm your girlfriend now. What a great Oh Oh I'm kissing right before she dies Oh Yuck (laughs) There's no symbolism there folks Just keep on moving Nothing to see here (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's the end of the movie. No, it's not. <laughs> that's what you would expect. Any other yeah, absolutely slasher film, it would be, okay, it's over now, moving on, moving on. What? <laughs> Only Susan Tyrell, motherfucker. God damn. Get up. Take the knife. Pull it out of her motherfucking chest. <laughs> then start stabbing your ass. <laughs> the look on her fucking face. I know. Oh, uh. Nice. And you were saying something about, oh, this is not bad. Sure. Yep. Why the hell did he cock that forty-four Magnum and sound like a shotgun? I don't know. How the hell did she survive getting her skull cracked open with a rock? Without any blue... Oh, no, never mind. That's a... Oh, God. Of all the people to walk in... Well, this this is what... This is it. Okay? This is the whole point of the movie. Seriously. Yeah. God damn, I love that line. I'm sorry, I love it. Yeah, I know. Son of a bitch. Yeah.
Okay, vote. Should we kill the son of a bitch or not? Nice. Just think of that psychological metaphor. He had to kill everything that was holding him back and and holding him down in his life to be able to move forward. Mm hmm. Here's the switch. She's not the final girl. No. He is. Because yep. if you watch Slasher films, he is acting like most of the final girls would. Right, exactly. You have the final... What? No, I said exactly. You have the final girl music and everything. Yep. And most movies would end like this. But this, I know that's a TV movie ending, but God, that is fucking great. Yeah. There's so many reasons why I could say this, uh, Movie went wrong. One could be its title. Because back Absolutely. then you'd have to have a title that would grab you by the fucking throat and say, See me, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm not joking. I mean, let's talk about Friday the 13th, Halloween, Black Christmas, Video Drone. Night warning. Night warning. I know this from the alternate title, which is Booker uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. That's how I knew this movie. Neither of them makes any sense. No, neither one does. Actually, we were talking about this earlier, and I I said the the basic best uh, uh, title for this is. Susan Tyrell goes batshit the last 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just name it that, and people will flock to it. <laughs> well, the best poster, if you look up there, it's just called Nightmare Maker. And it has a mm-hmm. picture of a bloody covered, blood covered Susan Tyrell. Yes. And plus, how many do you think of the straight drive-in audience? Oh, Which, that that this would not work. Certainly no, not in my work. area. No fucking way. Because you can just tell with everything that this is intended more for the drive-in audience than the 42nd Street crowd. 
Yeah. I'm sure if they played it on the deuce, the gay the gay audience would would have fucking ate it up once they got the word. Oh, absolutely. And I do think that there is uh, a swell of of interest by the gay community on this film over the years. That there has been uh, some knowledge of it. Uh, certainly not not as well known as something like cruising, but still, you know, it's a very unique film from that viewpoint. It really oh, is. It's a very you unique do not film, see it. Yeah, but you do not see a film with with uh, sympathetic gay characters and a complete fucking asshole. Uh, 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 gay, you know, anti-gay character like Svensson. No, you, you don't would see never. That. Hell, you barely even see that nowadays. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and that's just one of the reasons that that, that makes this movie unique. You know, a I went apeshit over Susan Tyrell, but you know who else? You know, we we talk about both Svensson. Uh, uh, Peter McNichol uh, acquits himself quite well here. Yeah, he's not afraid to go for it. Well, there was an. Didn't you? We mentioned that he had an interview years later, or, or someone talked to him at one of the cons, and he yeah. said, "I was working with Susan Tyrell. I had to." Yeah. Otherwise, she would ate me for breakfast. Yeah, it was like the level of actors in that movie just... You see that with certain actors where most of their films, they're okay. Mm -hmm. But then they get in with someone where they're running, like Bo Svensson and Susan Tyrell in this movie. They're like, God damn, they're running. Are you going to keep up or are you going to get left behind? Exactly. Like uh, the nice configuration. Can you imagine being a half-assed actor in that crew? <laughs> Hell no. No. No, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, if this is your set, first or second time watching this because of us, then you're welcome. And I wish this would have gotten a mainstream release, not... I love Code Red. I've got Stunt Rock from them, uh, Rituals, uh, uh, Devil Times Five, and a couple more. It's just that their stuff was never as widely distributed as it could. So when Butcher Baker and Nightmare Maker came out, it got lost in the wayside. Hell, even Rituals got lost in the wayside, and that one is fucking good. Yeah, seriously. You know, that's the one thing we hope to do uh, is to introduce films not only, you know, because they're batshit crazy on this, because they're really, really, really good. Uh, And and it's my idea is is like this is going to be the hidden gem theater for you guys. So hopefully you'll, you'll really enjoy it. And the reason I'm changing to the late night movie besides the complaints is seriously. Back then, we would go to the CBS late night movie or our local late night movie. 
and you would see some amazing shit that you wouldn't see nowhere else. Like, Absolutely. Like uh, Chili Billy Cardilli in the, the late night theater. He had an art theater on Sunday where he would show Kurosawa films and just art films on Pittsburgh television. Yeah. Absolutely. Or the horror hosts who had packages and they would get like like 10 or 20, like 5 or 10 of the really good films that everyone already knows. Then they get a bunch of weird shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's good stuff, too. Absolutely. Yeah. We had so, the worst so to Steven, expand our mind. It's too, that's the biggest complaint I'd have about DVD is it's too easy to find this weird shit. So it's hard to appreciate it than when you had to fucking plan your entire fucking schedule out in life around it. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, like Stephen, do you want to give them a, a little bit of taste of what, what our next movie is going to be? Oh, and next week, oh, next time, on the Cult Side Late Movie, it's... Television is now experiencing technical difficulties, and this movie is the reason. It's the motion picture that grabs TV by the dials and won't let go. Prime time. President. What? There's something on television I think you should see. Welcome to paradise. Morning mist in two natural fragrances. Rose petal and Harry. Morning mist. Hey, that's right. You get 1,500 good hits all on one record. That's only that eight. On part B, there's a bonus, bonus, bonus. Well, Nancy, I'm going to give you $50 for that shirt. Oh, sure. <laughs> Prime time. It goes beyond 25 inches. A hundred dollars for the dress. What? Well, it's a test, you say? That's right. Prime time. It goes beyond your living room. Oh, doubt about it. Nancy's T-shirt. And Nancy. You are a carpenter. And she is a lady. But you'd better not kid yourself. It's gonna be my baby. The movie that TV will never get is now the movie that gets TV. But good. Non-stop laughter in the comedy Too Wild outrageous, too explosive, to be shown in prime time, it'll blow your tubes, prime time.
Yes, next time it's American Raspberry, a.k.a. the prime time. Back during the era before Saturday Night Live, when you would never see outrageous stuff touched on skit comedy. But the 70s really are groundbreaking comedies started on TV that took over and outtook these movies. Right, Carl? That's very true. Uh, and how I, the hell I must can I find about... out? Wait, I want to ask you a question. How the hell could I find out more about groundbreaking comedies? Well, tomorrow. you know, uh, yes, yes, you could uh, come in uh, tomorrow at DB and Legion. Uh, Adam Ferenz uh, and Adam's Cathode Ray Mission is going to be talking about groundbreaking. Uh, uh, comedies, uh, television sitcoms tomorrow, and that's going to be from eight o'clock uh, uh, to about nine nine thirty. Uh, and uh, uh, come join us. It'll be me, Alan, Brian, and and Adam, our our host, uh, and that'll be on Deviant Legion. And if you're not, it will be in the Deviant Legion Legion archives. Look up the Casualty Ray Trube. For groundbreaking yep. comedies, but yeah, that was one of the bigger ones. Hey, what if TV had fucked up shit on it? Well, you know, you know, one of the things about this movie, I didn't get to see this movie until a couple of years ago when you, I hadn't even heard of it, and so I watched it, <laughs> and <clears throat> it takes a lot for my mouth to drop. My jaw to drop to the floor. Uh, this one did it about six times in one movie. That's unheard of. Seriously. This one is mean and it's nasty and it's wonderful. So definitely recommend this one. <clears throat> yeah. And there is a story about that, but we'll get into that next time. We can't give away all the things in one show. No, we can't. We've got to get we'll our people to come back and join us again. Yes, on the KSDAD Late Night Movie. And say good night, Carl. Well, thank you very much, Stephen, for having me. And good night, people. Have a good night. Today we end our show and tonight's programming on KSDAD Radio. KSDAD Radio is a sponsored radio station sponsored by no one. If you have a sponsorship, give us some money. We will pimp your products even if we don't like the motherfuckers if the check clears. And with that, thank you, good night, and we'll see you next time. Damn it, I hit the wrong switch. <laughs> Our national anthem. Thank you.
This seal is a symbol of good television. It signifies that KNBC observes the high standards of programming and advertising recommended by the Television Code of the National Association of Broadcasters. To see better TV, watch Channel 4, a TV code station.